0: CCFM 107.5. Good morning, everybody. How lovely to be with you all again. And do you know what? I've got an old friend in the studio with me. Oh, my. Not old in years, Peter, but I've known you for so long. This is Dr. Peter Hammond. Welcome, Peter. Lovely to have you again on the program. Thank you, Helen. Good to be back with CCFM. <laughs> But you know, Peter, a lot of time has gone by, and I bet things have changed remarkably from your um, very uh, dramatic uh, missionary journeys to the North Africa.
1: Are you still managing to do that? By God's grace, Yes. Despite wow. the lockdown lunacy and all the masquerade and all the restrictions, yeah, and yeah. it always was difficult to get to restricted access areas, but we still managed to get a mission in earlier this year in January up to the Nuba Mountains with a Doctors for Life team, and they managed to help. Uh, they, were, they did over 143 successful surgeries with people wow. who were effectively blind from cataracts, and they managed to literally enable over 143 new people to see who wow. before could barely see or couldn't even see at all. Wow. And um, just read 1,500 Bibles, a lot of audio Bibles too for people who are hearing impaired and, and uh sight impaired. And so there's a lot of good things that are still being done. We got 28 tons of Bibles and books into Zambia uh, wow. at the end of last year, which was not easy with all the restrictions on the border post. So it's harder to travel at the moment, obviously. But uh, we're expanding and... Um, Deepening and improving. And uh, our family's grown. My third <laughs> grandson has been born just oh, three weeks ago. lovely. Congratulations. So, so we now have all four of our children and all three of our grandchildren and son-in-law living in our home in Cape Town. Wow. So our family's not bombshelled over the world like most are. They're not just in the same country, same city, same suburb. They're in the same house. They're in our home. Wow. And I must say, it's just wonderful for my wife to be able to have her grandchildren close at hand too and for me to be inputting in their lives and taking them like planting trees on the ground. But isn't it exhausting? It's it's a wonderful thing.
0: (laughs) You mean it's a wonderful
1: exhaustion? (laughs) Well, it, it might be a bit exhausting, but it's great because the mother has got the support of her sister and brothers and parents around to so those built-in babysitters and assistants. And, and anyway, it's, it's so biblical to be multi-generational oh, absolutely. that you've got the inputs from all sides because it's hard enough being a parent, as you know. Absolutely. Um, and as Martin Luther said, that there's no love so sacrificial as that of a good parent. And uh, you don't get to appreciate your parents until you become one yourself and you realize, oh, is that what they went through and uh, yeah. all the sleep yeah. deprivation and so on for us. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's like reliving our parents again um, with grandparents, except as a grandparent, you can hand the kids back uh, to their parents. But that is wonderful. But in the same house, I think yes. you really yes. need uh, – you deserve a medal. Well. And all of our children are involved in the ministry. And when we go on outreaches, even our two little young, uh, younger grandsons come and they like to help with distributing literature and being involved. And when we're planting <laughs> trees, they're helping to dig and all that. And that's, it's just uh, too precious to be able to have them involved. My son in law is one of our missionaries. My daughter's still involved in writing uh, whenever she can and giving some lectures when we've got some of our home education days. So a so lot's still on the go. And, uh, in fact, during lockdown, I'd say our ministry deepened and extended. A lot more was done digitally, of course, but we've come out stronger. We've been doing more of radio, podcasts, lectures, live streaming, conferences, including conferences that are live streamed worldwide. In some ways, we might be reaching more people than we could normally. Yeah.
0: That's wonderful, Peter, because I noticed that some of your um – Established people had left, and I was quite surprised when I phoned
1: and I said, Can I speak to so and so and so and so? wasn't there. Well, yeah, well, for example, my secretary, Marion, we celebrate 12 years. We had a farewell for just last Friday, uh, after 12 years' work with us, but she's got four children being homeschooled, so wow. she needed to. <laughs> she uh, her children needed. were home alone because they'd lost her parents in law, uh, just last year, and, and so she needed to. So that we understood, so, We've now got a brand new secretary uh, uh-huh. being um, um, prepared and trained, but she's got a lovely attitude. She's actually and, very good. And then Taryn, who for fifteen years was running Africa Christian Action and a lot more, she's in Mozambique right now. Her husband, who she met through our Great Commission course yeah. in Cape Town six years ago, uh, they are training to be with. Uh, the new tribe's mission to do Bible translation in a remote area of Mozambique. So they're in Mozambique right now. So, yes, we've lost some people, but we haven't lost them to the cause. No, 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 I see. They've they've moved on to other areas of ministry, which is wonderful. They're still
0: in the Lord, which was wonderful. Very much so. Oh, yes. Um, um, Taryn and Aubrey, are they with Heidi Baker?
1: No, I don't know that they know them yet. Although I've met Heidi Baker and I've ministered with her back in the old days in the 80s under (laughs) an armor and all that. that. But, (laughs) uh, yes. Uh, If they're close enough, I'll put them in touch. Oh, that'll be lovely
0: because I would love to have a a first-hand um, view of
1: what is going on in Mozambique because we're not getting the truth, I'm sure. As you know, Islamic jihad, all kinds of attacks on different uh, villages. So the people are having a hard time in the very far north in particular. And um, uh, our people will not be too far from that. Uh, And uh, they are – in fact, Taryn is expecting a second child. Oh, that's lovely. (laughs) So the ministry is growing in many different ways. Yes,
0: yes, yes. But it sounds as if it's all very domesticated at the
1: moment, Peter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not not only. Uh, Uh, So, yes, there's been growth. There's been building projects. Uh, We've gone to Attic. We've expanded. We've got a whole upper room that we're using for seminars, conferences. Uh, we've done a lot more. Above your offices in Roundabout. Yes. The whole attic is now an upper room hall, which, we ca- which we've which we accommodated several conferences in already a really magnificent venue. And, uh, well, there was nowhere else to go. You couldn't go out any different direction. The only place you could go was up, and we <laughs> went up. And there's a lot of space in the average attic, and so the attic conversion was we had a very big attic. No, that 's an really outstanding multi purpose hall okay. which is, so our Reformation society meetings every Thursday night' grown dramatically as a uh-huh. result, and we found a lot more young people coming because there was so much that was closed down last year, and because we were operating from level four on, uh, we said well education 's essential service, and uh, so uh, we 've been bringing them in, and the people have been delighted because so many people 's home churches have been some form of lockdown I know. and restriction. I know. So if you're willing to get out and do something, yeah. there's a lot of other people who are thrilled. When we've gotten to the streets and done ministry, because we couldn't go across the border as much last year, so we did a lot more outreaches in our areas, which, whether Burkamp or Seapoint or the Pomenade or downtown, and, and people excited. I, the amount of people saying, thank you, thank you. So wonderful to see Christians on the street and giving literature and sharing the gospel and oh, really, praying with them. Oh, really,
0: Peter? I yes. thought that that was gone now old-fashioned.
1: Well, maybe it's very old fashioned. I <laughs> bet it works. It's still in fashion with us. <laughs> We're old fashioned too. Yeah, yeah. Because the, tell me the old, old story. That's right, an old Send fashioned religion. <laughs> yes. Uh, we've a story to tell to the nations. All yeah. these great hymns, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, that's lovely. Now, I see that you've written a new book. Which one is that?
1: Which one are you thinking about? No, no. I know you've written over forty books. Yes, but um, yes, just recently. Well, of course, we finished the New Testament survey, and uh, history books brought up sketches from South African history in uh, both English and Afrikaans. Well, that's what I want to see. Designed for uh, homeschoolers, in particular, to be textbooks that uh, give examples of excellence to inspire us to be more effective witnesses, and uh, our great, our greatest century of missions book. We had to bring out a new edition, and then it's gotten printed in Kenya and printed in Belarus and uh, distributed by the thousands in Sudan, the New Mountains, for school textbooks. So wow. at the moment, our greatest century of missions, we now have 23,000 copies in print, uh, which wow. for us is a lot. Uh, that's <laughs> that's in four different editions. Uh, that's marvelous. So that's what I haven't got, Peter. Yes, well, no. <laughs> Gra- Greatest Missions is one of our most popular. That's books. wonderful. No, that's really lovely. And we're just also going into some of the new things, which from last year when the lockdown began, we worked on getting more of our books into e-books. So we've got twenty-nine of our books as e-books. Yes, I know. Now we that. work print on print-on-demand, which enables people all over the world to be able to get the book printed at places in their own area, neighbourhoods. So it makes it so much more accessible for people in Australia and Britain and wherever. So they just take the e book to a printer? Well, it's print on demand works easier than that even. Okay. You can order it anywhere and some bookshops you can walk in, order the book uh, especially in london they've got these sort of they sits like an espresso machine uh-huh. and they will you can go get your coffee and when you come back they'll have the book printed and bound and wow. i've looked and said but what's the quality it actually isn't bad at all in fact it's it's, it's shockingly good quality considering it's it's taken it's, an it's hour done a single copy uh-huh. and uh uh now this is quite accessible technology now print uh-huh. on demand uh-huh. so we're putting a lot of books ebooks uh, PDF books, free things, a lot of audios. and So we're expanding online. The William Carey Bible Institute's grown as well, making these materials available to the restrict access areas. And therefore, what we've got now is in Egypt, we just had our first graduation service of six William Carey Bible Institute students who've been studying for years. Wonderful. And uh, that just marks a new milestone.
0: Okay, let's have a break. And I want you to tell us more because it's exciting. Well, I am with Dr. Peter Hammond in the studio, and it's so nice to hear all his news. The family news, too, really, because when you've known somebody for a long time and seen the kids grow up and his wife rowing and being a,
1: a cancer survivor. Yes, 12 years now, she's been fighting cancer, and uh, Lenora's been in and out of hospital five times so far this oh, year. Oh, no. But she's a brave soul for 12 years, and... Uh, She's uh, at the beginning. They didn't give her much chance of surviving four years, and that was twelve years ago. So praise God for His mercy and oh, absolutely! And of
0: course, the courage and the faith,
1: because that helps. Well, it does. And has turned it into a ministry. So uh, I haven't heard her complain about the cancer. She's used it as a ministry opportunity. I must say, I didn't know anyone who had cancer before my wife contracted. Now we know so many. And ah. she got involved in Reach for Recovery, hospital visitations, oh, counselling. Became dragon boat. Uh, yes, Captain, that time uh, uh, you chairman of the dragon boaters there, and she represents South Africa with cancer survivor events in America, in uh, Venice, in Italy, and in Malaysia, and on TV and so on. She's she's really made a ministry of it, and it's, we've had them in our home, and uh, I must say, it's just become part of our life now. Right. Uh, Pity that the cancer. Uh, Patients don't receive the same kind of attention that other diseases do, but it affects a lot of people.
0: But you know, I must have Lenore back on the on the uh, studio then Because it's true Last time I had her, we talked I was still doing the morning program Do you remember, Peter? I mean, (laughs) it's amazing That was a long time ago Um, But I haven't heard her since we've been on the missions program So I must have her back on again Because really and truly As you say, a lot of people have cancer A lot of people are survivors and so a lot of people need encouragement, and they hear encouragement from, from a person like Lenore who's
1: been on with it f- for so long. And bear in mind that when our Lord Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, it's not only the geographic world. It's every strata of society. It includes yeah. the world of business and the world of entertainment and the world of sports and sports medical world and the world of cancer survivors yeah, yeah. and people who are battling with TB and so many other issues. So it's uh. so important that we as Christians see our call for the Great Commission is not just geographic. Yeah, It's yeah. every creature, yeah. every area of society. Yeah. And so I think this is a wonderful challenge. And have you noticed how the mission fields have moved into our neighborhoods? So there are restricted access areas out there. Let's take, for example, Somalia. In Uh 1993, the last pastor was killed and the last church was burned down in Somalia. And there was no more Christian witness in Somalia from 1993. But do you know, we have got many Somalians in Cape Town, Masapumaleli, Wellington, Hrabou. We are able to minister to Somalians, which is a closed country. Well, people call them closed countries. Of course, I'd prefer to say a restricted access area because we can – Never say that any country is closed, not to the Holy Spirit or to to God's workers when we are creative. But in many cases, you see people from closed and restricted access countries like Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, we're witnessing them in Cape Town. And so if we would just open our eyes and look at the fields, they're ripe and harvest and in our neighborhood. Many churches may say, you know, because of all these different regulations and lockdown, we can't travel on our mission trips across the border Maybe not, but you can travel into the next suburb, and you will find there's mission fields all around. In Cape Town, it's like a mini, pe- not a mini Pentecost, it's a major Pentecost. We've got people from virtually every corner of the world here in Cape Town. I know, it's amazing. And so every church should have a
0: home missions work. Really, absolutely. You know, you're quite right, Peter, but the, uh, we've actually got lazy about spreading the gospel and talking about how wonderful Jesus is. I mean, I run a couple of WhatsApp groups and the wonderful praying people and I get all my spiritual feeding for just there, but it really is not an outreach.
1: It it's- isn't, it isn't enough. And so uh, when the lockdown occurred, okay, for the first five weeks we were locked down like everyone else and all we could do was do as much online and as much E and what have you and podcasts, fine. But from level four, beginning of May last year, we went full steam ahead uh, with meetings on and outreaches and we've been getting into the promenade, doing open-air preaching even in Seapoint, going into the Burqa, Malay area, Mitchell's Plain, going to uh, areas where there's especially a concentration of Muslims and the amount of people who thank you. Welcome into home, tea. People are starved of fellowship. Absolutely. And and are so excited to see outreaches and to Uh. see people reaching out again. We were able to distribute on one particular outreach. We had six teams and we were in eight different venues uh, during the day, but we distributed 18,000 gospel booklets and tracts in a one-day outreach. A a team of maybe 60 of us separated out. And it just shows that uh, there's not only a great need. Uh, but there's a hunger and there's an openness. And even, even some of the police are coming asking what you're doing. They were grateful for the literature and, and so on. And, and many would encourage us to go on because I think many people miss the Christian witness. Well, they miss the companionship of anybody. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So I, I would like to get things in order. I don't know. You've been talking so much about the um, North African thing and now the local thing. What is your concentration at the moment?
1: Frontline Fellowship from the very beginning was focusing on restricted access areas for the fulfillment of the Great Commission. So we see assisting suffering churches and evangelizing in conflict areas, uh, particularly people in war zones, and working for reformation, and Praying for Revival, this is a key part of our work. And we do it through literature, through leadership training, through love and action. And so, obviously, there's the literature side. And we're averaging 100 tons of Bibles and books distributed free every year. Some wow. years, we've been up to 200 tons. Given That's totally free. wonderful. Just a few weeks ago, we received a 40-foot container from World Missionary Press in America. It had arrived on our doorstep, 4,000 boxes, 2 million gospel booklets. Well, wow. I brought some of the booklets here, but not, okay. not <laughs> So if people want gospel booklets now, the needs are great here, but they're even great across the border. We managed to get a Zambian ministry that we well-related to, to uh, organize with a truck that was delivering materials to Cape Town to go back taking 28 tons of Bibles and books and World Missionary Booklets back to Zambia. To Zambia. And that took. Quite a lot of logistical challenges. I to get could imagine so. You can imagine. It was it was not easy. But they're in Zambia now and they're being distributed. And so we've managed to do quite a few things now. For example, just to challenge churches that might be feeling lockdown fever and restrictions uh, uh, hampering the vision. Well, we started a project last year, a special projects, where we would contact our best distributors and trusted contacts, evangelists and pastors in the field. Zambia, Sudan, Kenya, Uganda, Zimbabwe, Malawi, and what do they need? And they would tell us what languages, indigenous languages, uh, Shangon, and, and, and uh, Moro, and Zandi, and Bari, and Indebeli, and, 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 and so on. And then we would contact the Bible site in the area. What do they have? What's it cost? And then we organized payment from this side. And then okay. when it was ready, our people could collect from the Bible side there. Now, we couldn't easily deliver it right now, but they could go and collect from their local Bible study a whole lot of these resources. So that's just one um, creative way of getting past the lockdown regulations, the travel restrictions. And it's worked numbers of times. And we've done uh, well over, uh, probably over $16,000 worth of Bibles sponsored uh, to people which have been collected, distributed, delivered all over from Zambia and Burundi. And uh, And they come from the states. No, 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 no. This is from the Bible study. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, from the local Bible study, whether it's okay. Bible study in Malawi or the Bible study okay, of South Sudan okay, and so on. Okay. But, uh, but, so we organise the funding from this side, and uh, well, as far as the gospel booklets that arrive, they come from America, like World Press <laughs> okay. booklets. Okay. 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 And so, as you know, people come to our ministry for literature of Africa, and they will yes. collect tons of Bibles and books some people come with a bicycle and a trailer and some come with a bucky and some come with a six ton truck and some come with a 28 ton Pentechnikin and we do our best to load them up and uh, they go far and wide Zambia, Malawi all over and so if you've got an outreach nearby and you're saying well I'd like to distribute but do you have anything in Arabic, anything in Somalian language, anything in Hausa for Nigerians, Um, We've got it. We've got got a hundred different languages, World Missionary Press, gospel booklets at our mission. Wow. So we can provide some spiritual ammunition for anyone doing an outreach here. Books of Romans, John and Romans, in English, in French. There's a lot of people from the Congo and other French speaking countries. Yes, that's true. We have a lot of material in French that Uh can help people too.
0: Uh Uh Okay. Well,. I am so interested in how we can assist you in the local outreaches. So let's have a break and then I want you to tell us how we can help you to outreach. This is CCFM Radio, and, of course, you're listening to the Missions Program, and this is the radio station changing lives for good. And I'm chatting to Dr. Peter Hammond, and he's telling us how he's been doing outreaches in the local areas here in Cape Town when they weren't able to go overseas. But, you know, Peter, that's very commendable.
1: Well, it's very enjoyable, too. And uh, I must say... uh, some of our people, you go to a place like Borkop and the people can be so hospitable, Muslim homes, Somalians, uh, Pakistanis, Saudi Arabians. And in fact, I must say the foreigners are more open to the gospel than our local people in many cases. And there's Saudi Arabians saying, you know, we couldn't look at a Bible in Saudi Arabia. Wow. And uh, next thing, do you know, we've got some of our people having Bible studies and Quranic studies in Mosques and in Islamic propagation in centers. Mosques, yeah. So they teach uh, from the Quran and and answer our questions, and we teach from the Bible and uh, answer their questions. And they've been very happy, imams, happy to have an exchange of this and to learn. And the chaps from from the foreign areas, you know, dressed in their white robes their yeah, yeah. and so on, and they're so interested. You know, you can imagine forbidden fruit, things that aren't allowed in their country. It's got a fascination, and they're so interested to meet Christians who can answer their questions. and But of course, give them Bibles. it's old news here in Cape Town or in South Africa, but there it's new, new, new. Very, very new. And so that's been exciting, and that's been really interesting and good, and uh, we've made a lot of friends. And uh, Amos, it's been – do you know, I've been invited on a number of occasions by Muslim communities to come and speak to them on different issues. Uh, just in the last few weeks, even, wow. uh, in fact, in the last three weeks, I've had three separate invitations to different communities, Muslim communities, uh, where I've been invited to actually speak to them. So, this, what do you speak to them on? Well, uh, I've been invited to speak, for example, on what's our Christian response to covid to lockdowns to masks to vaccinations and so on uh, ah. what about uh the whole concept of cape independence some of them are interested in that other times they're wanting to know what can we do about the pornography and the gambling and abortions in our communities and How can we fight it so it's it's issues where there's mutual interest and concern but of course we use scripture verses and they respect that they don't have a problem understanding yeah. and wanting to know well what do the Christians believe in what does the Bible teach and, yeah. and so uh, I must say we're building better relationships with Muslims locally than we've been able to in many years. But they not got to the
0: stage where they want to take Jesus into their lives
1: Well there have been those we, we have testimonies of people and people who come from restricted access countries I don't want to mention the countries okay. in the case that identifies them but we've got people from North Africa and the Middle East who have come to Cape Town, who've come to Christ. Wonderful. And that we are discipling at this time. But you know, this is precisely what has been prophesied
0: for Cape Town, that it is going to be the center of a, um, a fire for the Lord, a revival,
1: more than just a normal little revival, but a fire for the Lord. Well, do you know that in April... Sixteen fifty two, when Jan van Riebeek knelt in Table Bay Harbour, the first thing he did was to kneel and pray. And he prayed that this outpost at Table Bay would be for the spreading of the light of the gospel throughout the dark continent of Africa. Oh really? And for the enriching and blessing of the lives of all its inhabitants. And it's a beautiful prayer to read Jan van Riebeek's prayer. It's, is it it's, in that book of yours? It is. It's oh, in the one I've just good. given you now. Beautiful inspiring prayer. So uh, what we are, how people can help us, is invitations to ministry. So, any churches who would like in a missionary to come and visit and explain how can we be more effective in the mission fields around us? Because while many people may want to reach out their Muslim neighbours, they may not know how to do it, or they may yes. because it's it's complication. So you take Acts one verse eight. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in yeah, Samaria, we're... and to the parts of it. Yes. Now, that's a bit of a summary of the book of Acts, but yeah. missiologists uh, break this down to E0, E1, E2, and E3. E0 is Jerusalem. When we evangelize amongst our own people who speak our language, our same cultural background in our geographic area, that's not missions, that's evangelism, because you're not crossing any boundaries. Maybe okay. crossing a street, but you're not crossing a boundary. E1 Judah. Now these are the same people, same culture, same language and religion, worldview, but they're geographically a bit distant. So that's okay. E1. You're crossing a geographic boundary. Okay. And Samaria. Now this is a different culture and a religious worldview. So you're crossing some, but it's not that far away. But the Samaritans were considered to be Gentiles. Yes. So you cross. You're crossing quite a few boundaries, hmm. but to the uttermost borders, that's E0, uh, E3. So. If you're going, say, to Eritrea, you are crossing geographic boundaries, linguistic boundaries, cultural, religious, worldview boundaries. So uh, when you look at missions, we need to distinguish between evangelism and E1, E2, and E3. And uh, to be honest, in Cape Town, you can be involved in E2. You can go and reach people of a different religious worldview and background not that far away. Maybe in nick's next suburb, maybe in your suburb. So uh, if we can just open our eyes. But where do people start? They need to understand Islam, animism, Hinduism, atheism, secular humanism, the different worldviews. Wow. Uh, highs, um There's so many different worldviews out there. And so missionaries... Can be invited to come and speak to your congregation during an evangelism workshop or a missions workshop, and to be able to train the people to have more confidence in their daily witness with people that they might be going to work with, or to school with, or might be their neighbours, or even the person they deal with at the shop. Absolutely. And so I think we should have more evangelism and missions workshops in our local churches, and that, I think, would build up people's confidence a lot. Absolutely, because I don't know what to do. I mean, we've got
0: a little um, Bangladeshi cafe down here, um, and
1: I don't know if I've ever spoken to them about Jesus. And we've got some great evangelistic materials, specifically designed for Muslims or for Hindus or for Buddhists or for secular humanists or for Jewish people. Excellent resources. So if you've got good tools and weapons, spiritually speaking, yes. it increases your confidence. And foreknowledge uh, and forewarned is, is much better uh, than going in there and a the person asks you a question you just stumble and oh, oh, I don't want to answer that. Absolutely. So, so th- these training courses are helpful. Now, one thing we do is every year uh, Frontline Fellowship organizes a great commission course. Uh, and a great commission course is – an intensive body, mind, and spirit training program for people interested in cross-cultural missions. You're still having it now with lockdown? Yes. Our mission's not locked down. Uh, So, yes, we're doing it, and we've got our own facilities, and because of our expansion, we can now even host it at our mission. Okay. And and we do daily practicals, outreaches. It's very hands-on. That's very nice. And, of course, we get the people out uh, over the mountain and all the rest of it uh, with with backpacks of Arabic gospel booklets, of course. Because... (laughs) It's no good just hiking mountains. You've got to be training people with weight and with uh, the real thing. Because when we go in the field, that's what we carry. And literature ministry... I, I must say, I always loved the whole point about effective literature ministry when I was walking up and down Noob Mountains, hundreds of kilometers, because the more you distribute, the lighter your load gets. And so <laughs> it encourages you to be more evangelistic when you're carrying to that to give way. them away. <laughs> exactly. So that's part of our training. So the Great Commission course, if you go on to www.frontlinemissionsa.org. And hold on. Go to go
0: W-W- so, www.frontlinemissionsa
1: Frontline it's a. Dodo.
0: So it's www. Sa.org.
1: SA.org. That's correct. And on there, you'll see at the bottom of the page, we have got events. There's a Great Commission course banner, and you click on that, and you can see a video of a previous Great Commission course, give you a bit of an idea, some details about it, some vision and responses of people who've done previous Great Commission courses and how you can be involved. So the Great Commission course is for anyone who's really serious about missions. Now, you don't have to be committed to missions. If you can... Commit to three weeks to this. You will get a good insight and it'll prepare you. But even if you're not to go into foreign fields, it'll make you more effective in your missionary work locally too.
0: Well, exactly. And you call it evangelism in your own city. Yes. But that's what's needed
1: too. It is. And uh, it, with the Great Commission course, uh, it's body, mind and spirit. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, PT, it's hikes, it's practicals, it's smuggling scenarios, uh, we, we, and they get on the streets and do lots of outreaches. And, and we, uh, have integrated in that program, the whole evangelism explosion and where the master training program as well. So people have confidence in how to present the gospel, how to handle objections, what the scenarios are, how to deal with crisis situations, and, uh, all those sort of things. So it's, it's very practical, but. Where are you having it this year, Peter? It'll be at Frontline Fellowship's headquarters, Livingston House. And so uh, right here in Cape Town, and people will be able to really uh, come out of it fitter. We stretch minds and we stretch muscles and we stretch faith too. Well, you know, the thing is that is so needed. And you're
0: right when you say that the lockdown churches have become so locked down that they're looking inward and not looking outward. And it has been a problem with the churches for quite a bit, but now it must change. Because we've got to bring people to the Lord. It's now the end times. We've got to do it. The Great Commission is still in force. Absolutely. This is your missions program, Going Global. And it's such fun chatting to Dr. Peter Hammond. Because, you know, really, I think a lot of missionaries have gone a little bit, go slow in this lockdown period. But they seem to have stepped up and gone even faster. Peter, you are doing so much more than you were because you were all North Africa.
1: Now you're here. Well, yes. So we're certainly doing a lot more locally than ever before. And and it's been tremendous and great. And it just is phenomenal. See, what a phenomenal mission field Cape Town is. Cape Town is not only a missionary sending area, but we've become increasing emissions uh, based to an emission field because... In many cases, the mission fields moved into our neighborhoods and next door. So, <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, there's no more excuse for people who say, well, you know, I, I can't afford to long distance on travel restrictions. Yeah. Well, there's not much restriction to just drive over to Masapumalele uh, or to go over to Burkarp or to uh, go to – you can just go to Wellington and you'll find Somalian people selling really? on the street corners. You, you can go to Hrabou. There's a lot of Somalians there. And Somalia is what they call a closed country. Yeah. But we can reach them here. Legally, yeah. peacefully, yeah. safely. And, and they're actually very, very responsive. They, they're curious. They're interested. Uh, they tend to be friendly and hospitable people, uh, unlike what the movies depict. And so in real life, when you actually meet with these people, we've had magnificent times of, of ministry with them. But I think many churches, you might be in an area. Say uh, you are um, in one particular area and you think, you know, we'd like to do some outreaches. How do we go about it? If you want to organize and invite a mission team from any mission, including ours. But there's a lot of good missions around Cape Town, and we could come along with you, alongside, help, train, workshops, and then we do door to door, we do street ministry, we do literature distribution to go to the taxi ranks, go to the bus stations, maybe go to the hospitals. Uh, we've gone, for example, sometimes distributing toys and gospel literature to children in Red Cross Children's Hospital, and uh, there's all kinds of uh, creative ways that we can uh, show the love of Christ and to help people. Right. So. Uh, it might be a bit scary for some churches who haven't done it before. So that's why you invite a mission team in to do it alongside your local people. Absolutely. With training. And the best way, of course, would be actually to send one or two of your people to the Great Commission course, and then they will help mobilize your people. But then you bring in a team from the outside, and you've got they a really help. committed person. Yes. And we work alongside. So yes. you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Huh. When we started our work, I, I right from the beginning, uh, knew time is short. Uh, don't reinvent the wheel. Look here. Ah, World Missionary Press, gospel booklets. 50 pages, all scripture in over 300 languages. Excellent. Gospel recordings. They're providing for the people who are not literate, but it's an audio. Excellent. We've got now mega voices. There's so many ways of, of doing that. And you look around and you see, when you see a good tool, well, you've got Muslim evangelism training materials from Life Challenge Africa. Outstanding. We don't have to research and write this. So people writers. can contact you yes. if they want materials for yes. outreach. Exactly. And we can tailor-make it. It doesn't have to be a one-size-fits-all. We can be doolkharig. We can be targeted to the specific group that and demographic that, you that want we're looking for. Your, and, yeah. um, of course, in some cases, some areas, you need to take a variety because you're going to meet a wide range of dif- other places you go. You'll right. know virtually everyone here will be of this worldview or this culture. Right. And so… Right. And so uh, all we need is a bit of strategy. Uh-huh. Jesus said, look at the fields. They're ripe to the harvest. And, of course, one of the best first steps is Operation World. You start to pray through Operation World, and it opens up in every country the needs, the situation. Operation World. Operation World by Patrick Johnson. Okay. And that's the missionary intercessory handbook. It's got chapters in every country in the world, a thousand pages. But you can go on. They have an app those who have smartphones, which I don't, uh, uh, there's an app for Operation World, uh, and you have access to every country in the world's details. They've got a website also. I think it's just opworld or operationworld.org, and you go on, and you can access there. but the, I've got the hardcover book. I prefer that, and that's how God guided me to my first mission field. I was praying for Operation World in all-night prayer meetings. And I saw Mozambique, the least evangelized country in the Southern Hemisphere. Not one Bible for a 1,000 people in Mozambique. No missionaries allowed. Nobody under 18 allowed in church. This is the 1980 edition. I'm at this. I think, I can take Bibles into Mozambique. I could take the Jesus film. It just came out in 1980. It's 16 more projector. I don't know where I'll get a project from, but we'll get the film. And, <laughs> and you do you know, since our first mission to Mozambique back in 1982, that's 39 years ago. Uh Mozambique has moved from the least evangelized country in the Southern Hemisphere with less than 4% Protestants to Uh today, according to Operation World uh, 2010 edition, 34% of the population of Mozambique now call themselves Bible-believing, born-again, evangelical. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, It's just phenomenal. The Protestants and evangelicals are now 34%, from 4% Mm -hmm. to 34%. And not only that, but... There's a lot of religious freedom, churches are open, Christian schools are easy to start, easier to start a Christian school in Mozambique than here in South Africa. And what used to be a closed country is now wide open for the gospel and a tourist destination. Now that would have seemed impossible when we began. South Sudan, when I started our work, was totally closed, war zone, uh, under Sharia law. And, so, and now it's an independent country and the gospel is free and uh, available. So we've seen mission fields change. We've seen God answer prayer. I've seen a like Berlin Wall come down. If people look at things and say, "But this is impossible," no. Well, we've Nothing been around. We've been around God. long enough to see how God has opened up fields that, if, at one time, China was closed. Uh-huh. And we didn't know if there were any Christians there. Now we know there's about 140 million Christians <laughs> in China. Absolutely, in fact, and they're more dedicated than we are because a of the persecution. More. That's true. So. Let nobody be daunted by the size of the task because God is equal to it all. What God's after is people who are available. Yes. God is able. Are you available?
0: Absolutely. So, Peter, let's get down to basics. First of all, how can they contact you personally if they want to
1: know what's going on? My personal email is peter at frontline.org.za. Peter at frontline.org.za. That's my personal email. Okay. If you want to get hold of our mission, it's obvious. Hang it's,
0: on. go you, I'm just writing it down. and so other people are
1: too. I'm peter Frontline. at frontline.org.za. Okay. So then, let
0: me repeat that. So
1: it's peter at frontline.org.za. That's correct. And then if you're wanting to speak to the mission in general... Yeah, you know, like just ordering literature and so on. Mission at frontline dot org okay. That's mission at frontline.org dot That's great. And that's just that's front office and that's if you say, I'm wanting books, I'm wanting how do I get to the course, uh, where's the application forms, whatever. So um, mission at frontline.org. Today will handle invitations for churches, literature, Bibles, books, whatever you need, uh, teams to come. But if you want to talk to me personally, my personal email is peter at frontline.org. Today. Okay. And if they want to phone in, what What's, is your phone our number? Our numbers: is 021, 021 689 4480. 4480. Right, so okay. it's 21 689 That's Frontline Fellowship. And you can ask for stores for Literature for Africa. You can ask if you want to know about the Great Commission course, or to invite a team or a speaker. Um, any of those things, there'll be a lot of folks at the mission willing and able to help there.
0: Absolutely. And I would like to encourage people because we need to get the churches out there doing the
1: evangelism again. Yes. So, uh, they don't have to just think of us as if they're wanting to invite us or come to the course. Even if you just want Sunday school materials or Bibles and books or New Testaments to distribute to new converts or uh, tracts for an outreach at the local taxi ranks and bus stations and, and railway stations, that's not a problem. We do this all the time. Uh, they don't need a song and a dance. They just need to say, you know, what they need and we'll get it to them or they can come and collect it.
0: And I also find that it's very good to talk to the car guards about the Lord and give them a tract because a lot of these people come in and they actually know they're Christians. There's a Congolese Mm -hmm. down here as a car guard and he's become a real good friend and I give him Christian messages on his WhatsApp all the time and he always says thank you.
1: So I would say Bear in mind why you have a track pocket. Every good shirt should have a track pocket. It's there to keep tracks. And there's a track stand in the side of most doors of cars. Make yeah. sure your track stand's stocked. And then you've got this, what many people call a cubby hole or glove compartment. Yeah. It's actually a track. Container. Okay. You can keep tracks of New Testaments there. If you want these little Gideon New Testaments and others to give to people who've prayed with in the street, we can supply you. If you've got in your oh, purse before. or in your bag or in your jacket pocket always some literature, then every time you fill up with petrol, go to the shop, meet someone, have a car guard, uh, have a road and, stop, uh, whatever. Silly. Wonderful. So the word of God wherever you go. Okay. And we can give you the ammo to do that. Wonderful.
0: Okay. So the um email address is missions at frontline dot org dot That's correct. That's the most important one to remember. And the phone number is O two One six eight nine double four eight zero. And it. whatever you want, literature, help, training, whatever, and just enthusiasm. To reach other people, you'll get it at Frontline Fellowship. And of course the website FrontlineMissionSA.org. mission Frontline mission at org. Thank you so much for coming in, Peter. You're a star. Love to hear all your
1: stories. God bless you. Thank you, Helen. God bless. CCFM one o seven point five.